Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Tuesday's podcast was titled, Will She or Won't She?, referring, of course, to Janet Yellen and whether or not the Fed would raise interest rates for the first time in almost seven years. And I posed that rhetorical question, even though I really knew the answer. But that was the title of my podcast. Today, we got the official answer from Janet Yellen, and the answer was no, (laughs) right? For the, I think, 54th consecutive time, Uh, The Federal Reserve has left interest rates unchanged at zero. Now, what I think is even more amazing that the Fed left them at zero, but that in the Q&A that immediately followed the official announcement, Janet Yellen admitted that she could not rule out the possibility that interest rates would stay at zero forever. Now, the only reason this came up is because a reporter asked her if the Fed may be trapped at zero forever. Because the Federal Reserve, among the excuses that it used for not raising interest rates, was problems or concerns about the overseas markets or overseas economies, which of course now opens up a grab bag of excuses for the Fed to conveniently pull out uh, to explain why it's not going to raise rates. And if you remember, I've said from the beginning, the Fed has no intention of raising rates. This is all a bluff. This is all a con to try to pretend that the economy can actually withstand the rate hike by talking about their intention to do it, but never actually proving that the economy can't withstand higher rates by, in fact, raising them. So I said, look, they're always going to look for an excuse. And now they found one. Now it's uh, problems in the global economy. And they also mentioned that these problems may spill over into the domestic economy, that they're worried that there's not enough inflation, that maybe the strength of the dollar is, um, is, is causing there not to be enough inflation. And again, Janet, Janet Yellen still threw out there that before we can raise rates, 
She needs to see further improvement in the labor market. Well, we're not getting that. I mean, yes, we're getting a lower official unemployment rate, but that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about wages going up. That's not happening. She's talking about people coming into the workforce. She's talking about an increase in labor force participation. There's no sign of that happening. She's talking about people with part-time jobs, getting full-time jobs. No sign of that happening. And that's not going to happen by October. It's not going to happen by December. Yet Yellen is still pretending that she may, in fact, raise rates in October or December because she's not ruling out the possibility that she will. But what does that mean? I mean, she's also not ruling out the possibility that interest rates will stay at zero forever. So who cares about the ridiculous stuff she refuses to rule out? The bottom line is that Janet Yellen is not going to admit that to raising rates. She's not going to uh, commit to raising rates. So she has to maintain this bluff. The only thing really amazing is that the market still believes her, or maybe they're just pretending to believe her. Maybe I'm not the only one to figure this out, but when are they going to stop pretending? Or the question is, who is going to stop pretending first? Is the Fed going to stop pretending they're going to raise rates? Or is the market or investors or analysts or economists going to stop pretending that they believe her? But let me get back to Yellen's comment about uh, her not being able to rule out interest rates staying at zero forever. And I'm not making this up. She actually said this. And I wonder if anybody other than me is going to be reporting about it. But this reporter asked her a question, right? Hey, you know, is it possible that we can never raise rates, that we're trapped at zero forever? Because now all of a sudden you've brought the global economy into the mix. And who knows? I mean, the conditions may never be ideal to raise rates. So is it possible we're at zero for forever, right? And Janet Yellen basically answered this reporter's question by saying, well, we don't think that we're in that situation. That's not our you know, highest probability outcome. But then she said, however, I have to be honest, I can't actually rule it out. I mean, I, mean, I almost fell out of my chair. She can't rule it out. Why not? How come she can't rule it out? The question was, will interest rates be at zero forever? I mean, does Janet Yellen not understand the meaning of the word forever? Right? Forever is forever, like beyond her lifetime, beyond everybody's lifetime, forever, right? And eternity, indefinitely. She can't rule that out. Well, if she can't rule that out, she doesn't rule anything out. So the fact that she's not ruling out an October rate hike means nothing because she can't even rule out the possibility that interest rates will stay at zero forever. But what else does this tell you? Because I think it's a window into the psyche of the Fed chairman. Because first of all, obviously, she must be concerned that rates are going to be at zero for a long time because she can't even rule out that they're going to be at zero forever. Well, that means that she's probably not thinking about raising them in October or December if she can't rule out never raising them ever. But also, it allows you to to think or understand that Janet Yellen actually believes that if the Fed wanted to keep interest rates at zero forever, that they actually could. You see, I'm willing to rule out that possibility. There is no way that interest rates are going to be at zero forever. Not even close. They're not even going to stay at zero until the end of this decade. Because there is going to be a currency crisis that forces the Fed to raise rates, even though they don't want to do it. You see, Janet Yellen is arrogant enough and ignorant enough to believe that the Fed is in control. That if the Fed wants to keep interest rates at zero forever, that they can do it. 
but they can't. See, the only reason the Fed has been able to get away with it so long is because people actually believe all their BS. They still have confidence in the Fed. The Fed still has credibility. They still believe that they're going to raise rates at some point. They still believe they're going to shrink the balance sheet, right? They still think that QE is temporary, that the U.S. economy is really recovering. When they figure out the truth, when they figure out the game uh, the Fed is playing, then it's over with. See, then the dollar is going to tank, and then there's going to be lots of upward pressure on inflation, and the Fed is not going to be able to keep interest rates at zero, even though it wants to keep them there. The market will not give them a choice. And Janet Yellen doesn't know this, right, because she's that ignorant and she's that confident in her own ability. She's that arrogant in, the, in, in her ability to keep everything under control, which is a very important uh, aspect to understand. You know, also, when it comes to inflation, a reporter asked her about the 2%, because now she's saying 2%. I think at one point in the past, she was saying 2.5%. And the reporter said, you know, are, are you going to have to um, uh, adjust your policy if inflation gets to 2% quicker than you think? And she went out of her way to point out that 2% is the Fed's target, their goal. But it's not their ceiling. And she said that several times. She wanted to reiterate that 2% is not a ceiling, meaning if inflation goes to 2.5%, the Fed is not going to feel that they have to do something to bring it back down to 2 right? So I, I think that's a huge understatement because I think the ceiling doesn't exist, but there's a ceiling that the market has. The Fed doesn't care how high inflation gets, but the market sure cares. Our bondholders sure care. And so at some point, we're going to reach the market ceiling, wherever that is. And of course, the real inflation rate is going to be significantly higher than the official inflation numbers that the Fed relies on or uses to hide behind. You know, another interesting discussion in the Q&A had to do with the Fed's balance sheet. Remember, I talked about the fact that a year ago, Janet Yellen said the Fed was going to shrink its balance sheet down to you know less than a trillion by the end of the decade. But she also reassured the markets that the Fed would not, to not begin shrinking the balance sheet until some point after it began raising interest rates. And of course, they haven't begun to raise them yet, so they're not going to start shrinking the balance sheet. In fact, there are a lot of bonds that are maturing early in 2016 and if the Fed doesn't roll those bonds over, the Treasury's in a lot of trouble. And I think they want to roll them over, which means they can't start hiking rates because if they start hiking rates, well, then they're supposed to start shrinking their balance sheet. So that's another reason why they're not going to. But Janet Yellen admitted that because they are raising rates later than they theoretically bluffed that they were going to do it, that they are now pushing back the point in time uh, at which the Fed will start to shrink its balance sheet. And of course, since I believe the Fed is never going to raise rates, and since Yellen admitted to the possibility that they may be at zero forever, well, if the Fed is not going to start shrinking its balance sheet until after it starts raising rates, and it's never going to raise rates, well, it's never going to shrink its balance sheet. And again, when I say the Fed is never going to raise rates, I'm talking about on its own volition, because the Fed wants to. I know that eventually they're going to have to. See, that is another a difference between me and Yellen or something that Yellen doesn't understand. I know that at some point the Fed is going to lose control of this process and they're going to have to raise rates. And then, you know, it's going to be a complete catastrophe. It's going to be much worse. The crisis that the Fed is trying to avoid 
by keeping rates at zero is going to be much bigger when it's ultimately forced to raise them from zero. And of course, it's going to have to raise them much higher because it waited so much longer. And if you thought the 2008 financial crisis was bad, hey, that was the proverbial Sunday school picnic compared to what's in store for us now. But of course, everybody is still, you know, pretending that everything is great and they're looking, okay, well, the Fed didn't raise rates in September. Is it going to be October? Is it going to be December? Hey, maybe they're going to wait until uh, March of next year. In fact, Janet Yellen mentioned that there are some FOMC members that want to raise rates before the end of the year. There are some that want to wait till next year. And there are some that want to wait later, which means there are still some FOMC members now, now, that don't even want to raise rates until 2017 or beyond. So there is no indication that anything has changed. I don't know why anybody believes the Fed's going to raise rates in October. If they were going to raise rates in October, they would have done it in September. That is the point. Nobody seems to figure this out. And look, if they don't raise them in October, why go, why go December? Why, you know, why steal everybody's Christmas? Why risk it then? Here's another interesting development, though, was the market. Right. The stock market originally rallied. As soon as the Fed didn't hike rates, the market rallied. And in fact, the market was up all day because I think the odds were that they weren't going to raise. I mean, at one point, everybody thought it was a lock. Right Before the stock market tanked, Right, we had that 10% correction. It was pretty much unanimous. Everybody thought that the Fed was going to lift off in September, except me. Now, that's why the market came down. Now, everybody began to realize that the Fed wasn't going to raise rates. And so the market started to rally back. And so the market was up yesterday, it was up again today, but it reversed and it sold off. It was up almost 200. And then at the lows, it was almost down 100. It ended up, the Dow ended up down 65 points, but that was a pretty big reversal. And, you know, if the market keeps going down, again, I still think as long as the Fed is dangling the prospect of a rate hike out there, the markets are going to have a hard time going up and it'll probably be under pressure. I think ultimately what the Fed is going to have to do to stop this correction from becoming a bear market, they're going to have to officially take these rate hikes off the table. Now, what is it going to take to do that? Maybe we're going to have to have more bad economic news. Uh, but, you know, most of the bad economic news that's already coming out gets ignored by the markets. I mean, we got bad economic news today. I mean, we got housing starts that were significantly below estimates, and they revised down the prior month. Bloomberg Consumer Comfort Index comes out every week. This was the second lowest week in a year. But the, the worst number that came out was Philly Fed. That was a horrible number. No one even talked about it. It was supposed to be, I think, about plus six or something. It came out at minus six, right? This is the lowest level since March of 2013. So that's over two years ago. And it was the biggest miss versus what the markets were expecting in four years. Horrible news. We, we keep getting bad news. And everybody wants to continue to pretend that the economy is strong enough for a rate hike. Look, under normal circumstances, given all this economic news, the Fed would be talking about cutting rates. They would be talking about an economic stimulus. Instead, they're still bluffing they're going to they're gonna raise rates because the only thing that's holding out really is the job market. And by the way, you know, the government came out today and they revised their job creation numbers from March 2014 to March 2015, right, for that year. And I think, and they basically said, we overestimated job creation by about 220,000 or 240,000 for the year, which is almost 20,000 a month. And they're not even done. They're going to revise these numbers again. But that's a lot. 
You know, because 20,000 is the difference between creating 210,000 jobs or 190,000 jobs. You know, a lot of these supposed 200,000 plus numbers, hey, they've already revised them, but no one cares now because it's a year ago uh, and no one's paying attention. And who knows how much they're going to revise down the numbers that we've just been getting the last few months, right? Who, who knows if you can believe whatever comes out of the government. But I do believe that at some point we are going to start to see weakness in the jobs numbers. And again, you know where we're going to see a lot of weakness too? This holiday season. I think this Christmas season is going to be pretty bad. I think uh, uh, retailers are coming into this season with a lot of inventories and a lot of optimism. They're going to be disappointed. And I don't know that the Fed wants to add to the disappointments with a December rate hike, right? Talk about putting coal in the stockings. Um, But I think we're going to start to get some layoffs. They're going to come, and that's going to be the Fed's excuse to do QE4, or of course, they may they may blame it on the overseas markets. I think they've already cracked the door to that possibility because when they said we're concerned about overseas markets and we're worried that it might spill over into the U.S., they can always say when they launch QE4, you know, everything was great, and then we had these problems overseas, and that spilled over into the U.S. market. And so, you know, they don't have to admit that QE was a failure. They can still pretend that it succeeded, and then the foreign markets, you know, rained on their parade. And so now we just need one more round of QE, and everything will be great, right? But I think the currency markets— are not going to cooperate or the I think you're going to see a big change here because first of all the markets were not just preparing for a one and done kind of rate hike and some people thought they might have come out today and done a small rate hike with some dovish language I wasn't in that camp I did say it was possible but I didn't think it was probable because I thought it was too risky a move for the Fed and so why take the risk it seems easier to just stay at zero and just pretend you're going to raise than actually raise and have to deal with the consequences that that raise may cost and then have to lose your credibility when you reverse the rate hike and do and do QE4. So I didn't think they were going to do that. But the markets are not prepared for one and done. The markets are prepared for a rate hike cycle. That's what's devastated commodities. That's what's devastated the emerging markets, the belief that the Fed is going to embark on a tightening cycle especially, right, when this is happening, when the U.S. economy is weak, because it is, economy is weakening, right? Corporate profits are falling. The Fed is basically threatening uh, to kick an economy when it's down. I mean, everybody wants to pretend that the U.S. economy is strong. It's not. Again, by most measures, in normal times, the Fed would be stimulating the economy this week, not trying to restrain it, right? The Fed, in Keynesian terms, we need a stimulus, not a sedative. Yet the Fed is saying that we're about to administer the first monetary sedative in nine years, right? This is hurting commodities, emerging markets. But as the truth sets in, that the Fed has been bluffing the entire time, that the rate hike tightening cycle isn't going to arrive, that what we're going to get is another round of quantitative easing, and that maybe Janet Yellen is being honest when she says, She can't rule out the possibility of interest rates staying at zero forever. It's because she can't, because she thinks that they're probably going to be there forever. And she actually believes the Fed can keep them there forever, which she can't. Meanwhile, gold did not surrender its gains today. It wasn't an explosive gain, but it was up about 13 bucks, about the high of the day. But gold was up about $20 yesterday. So I think it was a two-day rally because yesterday the market started anticipating that the Fed would not hike because the probability, again, was down to about 30 percent after having been near 100 percent, you know, uh, before the market correction. And interestingly enough, the dollar 
uh, was also pretty weak on the day. I, I would have thought it would have been weaker against some of the commodity currencies. The euro was very strong. We closed above 114, close to 114 and a half. But the Aussie dollar, the Canadian dollar were down prior to the Fed's announcement. And then they rallied. And so they surrendered some of the gains. But they, they came back a lot from where they were. But Janet Yellen actually mentioned the dollar. You know, in as part of her concern, she was concerned about the strong dollar and how that might impact uh, inflation, meaning that we wouldn't have enough inflation. So somehow this is a bad thing. But this is interesting because currency speculators bought the dollar because they think the Fed's going to raise rates. But then the Fed says, well, the dollar's too strong, so we can't raise rates. So it's like a catch-22, right? Well, then, well, right, well, then you get, the dollar's got to sell off. Because if you buy the dollar because you think the Fed's going to raise rates, then the Fed says we can't raise rates because the dollar went up. See, you see what I'm getting at? It's a dog chasing its tail. People haven't figured this out. But the currency markets, I think, are going to reverse in a much bigger way. And the pressure is going to be off the emerging markets, uh, the energy companies, the mining companies. I think we're very close to a big game change. All that has to happen is people have to wake up to the possibility or inevitability that the Fed is not about to start a whole new round of tightening that we've just paused. This is just like the end of QE2. QE2 didn't mean the Fed was about to raise rates. It was just a pause to refresh before QE3. And ending QE3 was the same thing. And you know what? We had to taper QE3. We went cold turkey from QE2. QE3 was so big and did so much damage that the Fed had to taper it off gradually. Imagine how big QE4 is going to have to be to get us out of the hangover from QE3, right? We're going to have to have more of this drug than ever before. And again, rather than the Fed shrinking its balance sheet, this balance sheet is going to explode, explode at the same time. And when I mentioned this on other podcasts, you've got emerging markets all around the world that want to unload their treasuries. They bought these treasuries to keep their currencies from going up. <laughs> well, they've succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. Now their currencies are way down, but they're loaded up with a pile of treasuries that I guess they have a profit on now in their own currencies. So time to hit the bid. And who's going to supply the bid? The Federal Reserve, because they're the only ones dumb enough to bid. Attention, listeners, I have an urgent message for you. We're in the middle of a war. The global conflict is destroying the lives of millions without a single bomb being dropped. It's called the International Currency War, and your bank account has been drafted to fight. The victims in this conflict are our currencies, the dollar, the euro, the yen, the pound. They're all heading to zero as irresponsible central banks compete to see who can print the most the fastest. But there's one form of money politicians and central banks can't destroy, gold. Today, it's more important than ever to understand the value of gold in your portfolio and to keep a close eye on major market developments. Subscribe to my monthly video cast and you'll be the first to hear my latest analysis on gold investing and the currency wars. Visit goldvideocast.com right now to subscribe for free. I call the dot-com bust, then the housing bust, and I advise clients to diversify into foreign equities and hard assets while the rest of Wall Street laughed at me. Now I want to keep you up to date on the next crisis that is brewing. My gold video cast also includes personal interviews I've conducted with other contrarian investors like Jim Rickards and Axel Merck. Gold has gone up 256% since 2003, but it has a lot further to go. Don't miss the rally. You can prosper during this time of currency wars, but only if you stay educated. Get a free subscription to my gold video cast at goldvideocast.com. That's goldvideocast.com.
There's so much factually incorrect information and underreporting by legacy media today. Shouldn't there be truth in media? Well, there is truth in media. Recently, a novel thought is now a reality with truthinmedia.com. Led by award-winning journalist Ben Swan, truthinmedia.com is the source for uninfluenced, reliable, fearless news where journalists pursue real questions, not conspiracies. Make truthinmedia.com your default browser's homepage today and get breaking news and commentary that speaks the truth to power. It's also where you can tune into the Peter Schiff Show every week. Visit truthinmedia.com today. That's truthinmedia.com. Access the Truth in Media RS feed by visiting truthinmedia.com forward slash feed.